Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Welcome to Voice of the Church. This month we are taking our time to study Isaiah chapter 40, a wonderful chapter from God's Word, teaching us the beauty and the glory of God and how that is seen in the work of our Savior Jesus Christ through the operation of the Holy Spirit. As we continue to study today, we are looking at a portion of God's Word that shows us the beauty of God's Word and the importance of teaching it and what we must teach. And so we'll begin studying that from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 6 and we'll read through to verse 11. A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And while the passage goes on to teach more of the grandeur and majesty of God, we'll have to save that for another week. We begin with this portion of scripture today, looking at the idea of God's word enduring forever, and then what what must we do? We focused upon verse 8 last week. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our Lord stands forever. But what comes next? Well, verse 9 follows verse 8, of course, and it says this, You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God, or behold your God. Now what are we focusing upon today as we study the idea of comfort from God? As we think of the idea of how God delights to comfort his people, what are we focusing upon in that breaking open and breaking out of that concept? Well, it's this. That not only do we see the beauty of God and find his comfort in his word, but we are commanded not only to see that comfort, but also to teach it, to proclaim it to others. That's what happens in verses 9 and 10. That's what we are being told to do. We are told to bring good tidings and to lift up our voice without fear to say to the towns of Judah, Behold, your God. Now, what does this refer to? And what is the Bible teaching us in this passage? There are a few different things we could talk about today. One may think what we're speaking of here today is the idea and topic of evangelism. Evangelism is the idea of telling people who don't know God who God is and who Christ is. It's the idea of what we might do on the streets speaking to someone about Jesus. What we might do with a friend who doesn't know God is going through a tough time and we pray, Lord, open a door for me to share the gospel And over a coffee, we tell them a little bit about who Jesus is. Evangelism is a beautiful and wonderful thing. It is commanded of all Christians in some way, shape, or form. But this passage isn't speaking first and foremost about evangelism. I want you to hear these words carefully that we read. Remember, God's word is always the foundation of our truth. 
It says this in verse 9, You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. Then it continues, You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. It ends with these words, Lift it up, do not be afraid, say to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. Now what do you notice about those target audiences given to us in verse 9? They're listed as three things, Zion, Jerusalem, and the towns of Judah. Well, if you know your Bible a little bit, you may recognize that all these titles, all these places are within the nation of Israel. They are all among the people of God. What is being commanded here is not merely the idea of telling the world about Christ. That is commanded in other parts of the Bible. That is very necessary and important. But what is commanded here is that we would learn what it is to bring good tidings, good news, the message of a God who comforts his people, who loves his children, who pays the penalty for their sins, that we bring that message not only to the world outside and beyond who don't know Jesus, but also to our brothers and our sisters who do know Jesus. Isn't it funny that we can sometimes get nervous or be afraid to share the beauty of our faith? with others who confess Jesus? What happens when we do that? Why are we sometimes a little hesitant to speak the name of Jesus or, or to tell and give encouragement to people in God's name? Why sometimes when someone is going through a tough time, do we give them comfort with platitudes? Things will work out. It will all get better. It will be okay in the end. Why do we give comfort that is meaningless instead of speaking the name of Jesus and pointing people to the sovereign God who loves them, cares for them, and commands his prophets, his messengers, you and I, if you are a Christian, to comfort his people in his name and in what he has done? You see, the follow-up truth in Isaiah 40 to the idea of the permanence and the beauty of the Word of God is that you and I would bring that Word to each other. To each other. To Zion, to Jerusalem, to the towns of Judah, to people who know Jesus already. And we encourage each other. And we strengthen each other. This is the idea of Christian fellowship. This is the idea of Christian encouragement, exhortation. That we would be able to tell one another the beauty of God. You know, when you go through the Psalms and read the Psalms in the Bible, one of the things you'll notice is the idea of how the psalmist is calling people all the time to join him in praising God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What is he saying there? Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He is calling others to join him in in lifting their voices up to sing praise to the Most High God. This is why we go to church. This is why we should go to church. If you don't go to church, you should be attending a faithful church around you. But this is why. Because we sing the songs of Zion to one another. We speak to one another and sing to one another the truths of who God is. We take the word of God that endures forever and we learn what it is to write it on each other's hearts. This is why we go to Bible study during the week. Or why you should. If you don't, I encourage you to get out to one. 
We want to study the Bible and put it in each other's hearts and teach the truths of God to one another. Now, what are the truths we should teach? There's a few things we want to notice here as we continue in our study. First, at the end of verse 9, we're calling people to, to behold the Lord. What that means is that whenever we study the Bible, we never study the Bible just for the Bible's sake. We don't just look at the Bible as a, a textbook or a book that we can learn different truths out of. We always go to the Bible to see the Lord. The Bible reveals the living God. And when we open the Bible, we do so with humility and with prayer and with reverence. And we say, Lord, as I read your word, let me see Christ. Let me see Christ. That's been the desire and yearning of God's people throughout the ages to see the living Lord. When Moses saw the sin of the people in Exodus 32 as they worshipped a golden calf after God had brought them out of the land of Egypt, he was grieved of heart. He pleaded with God to show mercy to his sinful people. And God said, you know what? I will show mercy to this people. I will forgive them. And when Moses heard that God would forgive his sinful people, he had a simple request. He said, Lord, please show me your glory. If you will forgive a sinful people, if you will have mercy on those who don't deserve it, help me to see you. Help me to know you. And all through the Bible, that same theme comes through over and over again. What do we do when we teach God's word? What do we do when we approach and read the living word of God that endures forever? We come to it asking to see the living God and believing that through God's word, when we come in faith, we will see Christ. Every time you go to church, every time you do devotions, every time you go to Bible study, go with that prayer. If you are bringing God's word, if you are sharing it with someone else, every time you do so, go with that prayer, Lord, help them see Christ. And that's where the text takes us in the next verse. It says that we are to lift up our voices and be not afraid. Don't be timid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. And then here is verse 10, the next verse. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And in the time we have left today, I just want to notice... Two things out of these last two verses, 10 and 11. As we show God, as we open God's word and get to see the living God, what should we be seeing? There's two things we want to notice from this passage. First, that God is almighty. God is almighty. He is called the sovereign Lord. That word sovereign is the word that speaks of his majesty. He is the king. He comes, as the text tells us, with power and his arm rules For him, his reward is with him, his recompense accompanies him. He is a mighty, an almighty God. Nothing stops the hand of God. How much we need to hear that today. The world that we live in right now is no accident. The things going on in the world around us that may trouble our hearts at times is no mistake. God is sovereign, he rules with power, and he is the God who calls us to trust him, to trust him in times of difficulty, to know he remains the king when our hearts are overwhelmed, to know his heart is not. He is almighty. The God who cares for you, the God who comforts you, has all power. And secondly, he is compassionate. Verse 11, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. 
He gently leads those that have young. The whole point of Isaiah 40 is that the people of God will be comforted from God's word. They be comforted by seeing the glory of the Lord, the glory of God, and they'd find it in his word. And what is the glory of God? That with his infinite power, with his great omniscience, all-knowing, all-understanding, with all that God is, he cares for you. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers a lamb in his arms. So often we think that when we stumble, God will leave us behind like a shepherd seeing a sheep who constantly wanders or who is so sick they can no longer keep up with the flock. And we think, surely our God will just walk away and leave us to ourselves. Beloved, that is not the God we see in the scriptures. That is not the God we call the world to behold. No, the God we call the world to behold is infinite in power. And with that power, he moves in compassion for the weak and for the wounded. The Bible says he carries them close to his heart and gently leads those with young. You who bring good tidings, lift up your voice, lift it up and do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, say to your brothers and to your sisters, say to your struggling fellow believers, behold your God, awesome in power, abounding in loving kindness, slow to anger, stooping down to lift up the fallen, to carry the weak, to heal the broken. Behold your God. See him in the scriptures. See him when you see the face of Christ. Behold your God. The Lord's blessings. <laughs> 